This is Parser. A podcast about the first 100 years of the internet. In this episode, we have a look at a file format called MP3 that changed distribution and business models of music forever. Sarah, why do we talk about a file format? Isn't the brief history of digital files over? When looking at current mobile devices, we barely have to deal with files at all. It's all about cloud nowadays. Thank you, John. I see two questions here. First, what is a file format used for? Second, what is the purpose of this one specific format we speak today about? Let me start with the today's main actor, MP3. Broadly described, it is a file format that is used to store music or more general sounds. While in today's world an end user often don't handle with files too much anymore, I can guarantee you that this format is still in wide use. If you watch a movie or listen to music on a streaming service, chances are high you will find this audio format, or one of its successor in use. And here we link to the second part of your question, what is the purpose? In general, we can say the format is used to transfer as much sound in as few bytes as possible. So it is about saving storage on a server or my mobile. Yes, it is. But we are also talking about transfer speed. Let's imagine you start a song from your streaming platform. If you hit the play button, you want to avoid waiting forever before the track starts. Right. So by reducing the file size, the transfer takes less time, and you can listen to the sound earlier and don't need to wait in silence. I see. But when you say it's a small file size, why was it big in the first place? Oh. I never thought it that way around. Let us step back in history. Not all the way back to vinyl, but where sound started to be digital for the end user. In 1982, the Digital Audio Compact Disc, CD, was released. It was a medium used to store audio. It was, as the name indicates, small. But the compact was referencing the physical dimension. To have a high fidelity while consuming your music, the audio needs a lot of data. The audio CD was storing this in a very general and uncompressed format. No matter if you record a noisy machine or a soft piano, the audio is stored in the same way. Sounds like a general solution for similar problems. Task completed. Right? That's the first thought every engineer would have. You sample an audio in tiny impulses and store this information. But the perception of sound is not the same as the actual sound. For example, humans are very bad with differentiating high-pitched audio. Or you don't hear certain nuances of a sound when shortly before there was a loud impulse. And if you know how where we don't hear nuances, you can reduce the amount of data you need to store. That sounds complicated. Right. And it has to do with our perception and not only with solving a technical task. And here the MP3 comes in? Right. The Moving Picture Experts Group is an alliance of working groups that have been tinkering on the standardization of the audio and video formats. In December 1988, the working group called for an audio coding standard and 14 suggestions from the audio industry, telecommunications companies and research organizations were submitted. 14 standards? That doesn't sound like a standard, that's Wild West. No, no. Those were just drafts and ideas for further research. The standardization progress then started. Sounds like long discussions. Exactly. It took a few years before under the guidance of the Fraunhofer Society in 1992 the finalized standard was released. 
Karlheinz Brandenburg was in the lead of this effort, and his codec was superior over others. So there were many people working on the same problem, but he was the one who was able to solve it. Yes, he was. He constantly tested during the development his progress with statistical methods, and of course, he was a critical listener himself. He was repeating listen to the encoded audio of Tom's Diner a Suzanne Vega song where the subtle voice was a good instrument to judge the quality degradation in an approachable way. Let me jump in here. Go for it. If you wonder about that song, check out our show notes where you will find a link to the song and more information about the topic in general. But please continue. We heard now from Sarah how MP3 came alive. But we also got in the intro that this also influenced the music industry. How come? Well, to show the industry how to use the codec, the standardization body put together a sample program that converts music to MP3 files. It was not Frenhofer's intention to publish this codec for real use, but a nifty activist and programmer found the code nevertheless. Are you trying to avoid the overused term hacker? Anyway, this anonymous person gained access to the source code and was then able to create and publish a converter. With it, people were able to convert large music files ripped from CD to small MP3 files. What for? Why do I need small files when I already have the CD? The average household in the Western world became at the end of the last millennium more and more connected with the internet. The global data network that previously was mainly connecting institutions and universities. I see where that leads to. Instead of sharing a CD in my local peer group, people started to share the files on the global internet. Yes. And that was not legal at all. People downloaded large amount of music from decentralized sharing platforms like Napster or Emule. People helped out with new music. Sounds like the music industry was not amused. That's exactly the case. Before the sharing started on decentralized platforms, they had a chance to shut down servers where people uploaded MP3 files. But with the new distribution model, everyone was basically able to share and download and the music industry was not able to stop it. But today, we don't do it that way anymore. Apparently, they found a way to stop it. Yes and no. Of course, they tried to do some showcases in court to spread fear among others. But I think more important was the fact that music became accessible on a legal way on the internet. Stefan, you remember that time? Yes, I do. Before the year 2012, I was one of the hoarders of music. I kept a collection on my hard drive and had to organize my favorites to later find them again. What happened 2012? That was the year I signed up for my first streaming service for music. All of a sudden, I was able to search, find and listen to music in a seamless way. That was so liberating and I had no problems with paying a few dollars each month to get the service. That's exactly what happened to many of the former pirates. They started to listen to streaming services and were willing to pay. They wanted to avoid becoming illegal and the convenience factor was just unbeatable. Oh. How did the music industry come up with that idea? They didn't. Young tech companies were the ones who started to build streaming services and find sustainable business models. And of course, MP3 was the first choice for them when they had to transfer music. It was already established and very robust. Thank you, Sarah. Did we miss something? There is a lot more to say. But it's not our last talk. 
I'm sure we will come back to related topics in one of the following episodes. Let's wrap it up here. Thank you, Sarah and John for your time. If you, dear listener, enjoyed this episode, share it with friends. If you hear mistakes or have suggestions for improvement, please visit our website and comment. We understand this podcast in an iterative way. This was today's parser. But in the next episode, we speak about iPods and how this small device helped the raise of podcasts.